0: Hi, this is Jennifer Reichert, the producer of the Cry Havoc podcast. Today's episode is the second half of our discussion of headshots and resumes. We discussed headshots in our last episode, and now we rejoin the conversation as the discussion turns to resumes. From New York City. A podcast from working actors, directors, and playwrights. This is the Pride Havoc Company. All
1: right. So I think we can then assume that everyone at this point has a perfect (laughs) headshot and now needs something to staple to the back of it, uh, namely their resume. Let's start with the basics. What about um, basic font and style for resumes?
0: I think it should be clear and easy to read. You know, no fancy calligraphic fonts. Is that a real word? Nothing scripty, just a a plain, easy-to-read Font, nothing
2: no, no and, wingdings. and
0: only one font, right? A single font maybe one different for your name and then one for everything else.
1: Well, it is actually an, an, a sort of a rule of thumb in graphic design that you should only ever use three fonts on a page but font includes bolding, italics, different Size. sizes and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so that I think is a very good idea on your, on your resume. Um, that said, you should use bold and italics to the extent that you can and, and to really use it in the name of clarity. Because that's what you're looking for is someone who is glancing over your head sh- over your resume on the back of your headshot that they'll be able to know exactly where to go to get what information they need to get.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's clarity and efficiency for the person reading it.
1: Mm-hmm. And one thing just in terms of you know, sort of the basic professionalism element of it is like make sure that everything is lined up and clear. If you've got columns, that the columns all line up nicely and things like that. It just, again, makes it much
2: more user-friendly, but also just makes it look like you've put thought into it. It's that same investment that the non-financial investment that we've been talking about that I keep pointing to that Kit mentioned earlier in, in the episode And there's no, you know, again, there's no perfect font, and there's no secret that if you use Times New Roman, you'll never be on Law and Order or anything. But it's really about (laughs) clarity and making it user-friendly, because the people that are reading these resumes are reading a bunch of them. And so you want to make it as clear and deliver the information, A, that you want, and B, that, uh, and deliver it clearly as possible to make sure you put your best foot forward. And
0: like any resume, you should make sure that everything is spelled correctly. Uh, Because that's a big turnoff.
2: Everything. Names of collaborators, especially, Mm -hmm. but all everything. (laughs) Your own name.
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) And to put your name and not be shy, big, bold letters right at the top. It's supposed to be that way. You know, it's supposed to stand out out there up top.
2: And your contact information. Oh, yeah. I'd like to add something about contact information, actually. Because... I, I've been insistent. I'm always insistent about putting my personal contact information on my resume. I used to work with uh, with a manager who would like would take it off and put the offices <laughs> contact information on. And you know, we're friends. We worked together very well. But he was really, you know. Uh, Thought it was more professional just for the agent, for the, agent, uh, for, the, for, the man- for his contact information to be on there. But I really insisted on it. And now the, the, the introductions that I made and the relationships that I developed, I'm very glad that my contact information is mm-hmm. on there because that manager's no longer working in, in the industry and wouldn't be able to take calls on my behalf. So I'm really glad that they have my cell phone, they have my email on, on file for those casting directors that if they do want to contact me, they have that information. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think that it, this gets
1: into sort of what my broad thought about uh, resumes are, which is it really is about there is no right and wrong. That's not true. There's a lot of wrong, but there is no <laughs> wingdings being one of the wrongs. Right. But there is no, <laughs> there is no right, that it really is about what is the story that you want to tell about yourself. And, you know, and and it begins including with that contact information, that that question of if you do have an agent, is it your agent's contact information or is it your contact information or is it both contact information's. But it does tell a certain story that you've got an agent. It tells a certain story that you've got a certain agent, depending on on who it is. And uh, at the same time, if you're early in your career and have managed to get an agent, but are still going out for sort of like off off Broadway kind of small things which you do and you you know try to get seen wherever you can and even if you're further on in your career and you're you that it actually can count against you to a degree to have an agent be your contact person because sometimes you know The person who's doing the the show in the little black box theater in the village is not going to get the attention paid by the agent, and it just kind of becomes an ordeal to deal with an agent for a small show. Like Frankly, it's an ordeal to deal with an agent no matter what size show you're doing, but on the bigger shows, that's part of the point. Um, right. You know, is to make sure that you have somebody, you know, standing up for you uh, and and making sure that you're taken care of uh, in, in, the, in the context of that. But that is something to give serious thought to. Even if you do have an agent and you're going out for smaller things, it might be better to be sure that it's your contact information that's there. It makes you more user-friendly. And frankly, I remember doing some shows Earlier on in my career, where there did came a point someone was really interesting, but the agent, it was such a hassle to get in touch with the agent we ended up going with somebody else.
4: Well, and a lot of times with off off Broadway things and smaller things, you know the casting is done over the weekend or something happens where you know the agent is not in their office mm-hmm. when all you know these decisions are being made
1: mm-hmm. I also and this is a personal minor. Consideration, But I, I also do think in terms of putting your email address, which you certainly should put your email address, but if you can, if you do have a website that has your name in the website or whatever, to have that be the where the email funnels through. Again, you know, it's like jersey at com. It's a little thing, but it does it's just another step towards this person is taking their career seriously in a way that they've actually set up an online presence and I'm not sending it to a Gmail. Gmail is perfectly fine, too, but, um, you know, little things sometimes help.
0: And also, uh, in this electronic submission age, like, it, it, people can be very wary of putting their real contact information on the Internet because of all sorts of reasons. Um, so if you have, like, an online post of your resume, the case can be made to not include your phone number mm-hmm. in that, in that particular posting and only do it for ones that are sent directly to people or ones that are printed and just have an email address and the the added bonus of a uh, personal domain email is that there's a layer of protection there that you can use it as a, something that you can change or, or screen in a certain way um, more than like your true email address you know the one that everybody knows you sends to that if you have one that's sort of a professional email address you have the option to tweak it and change it as you go if anything should ever happen that you don't want people emailing you anymore for you know enhancement products you can change it and i
4: would also say even if you don't have a website or a url to to and you don't like say your email is shakespeare rocks at com or something kind of ridiculous um, you know, set up a free Gmail account, a or professional sounding f- yeah, one that has up. your name as some, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, you're not
0: drama <laughs> girl.
4: Yeah. Yeah, don't be drama <laughs> girl.
0: The <laughs> Wizard
1: of Oz, you know. <laughs> 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 the, the Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> you still want to go home and
2: see if that's available, don't you? I do. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> my uh my high school uh, gym teacher called me Cheese Quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys use your
1: personal phone numbers on your resumes? I
3: do. Yes. The year I was with the agent that I was with, I did not. It was just his. Mm. But now I do. Mm. There's some benefit for the mobile age because of how fast
0: casting happens to have someone be able to reach you immediately or to leave you a message immediately that you can know immediately that they're looking for you for the callback rather than waiting for a service or you know, some other method of communication. It's much more instantaneous nowadays than it used yeah. to be.
1: I do have a, for my things, and I, again, I'm not an actor, at least not an actor who is out there pounding the pavement. So uh, it's, but on on my uh, directing and playwriting resumes, I, I have a service number that I use, which is a voicemail. Um, but I, yeah, I actually get nervous about the idea of, especially since so much stuff is digital, of mm-hmm. having my phone number. But the there. thing
0: about if you you could have a service, but the point is that you have to check it regularly, and if you're not going to mm-hmm. make the commitment to check it every hour or so,
3: right,
0: uh, to see if you have any new messages, then then this, yeah. the mobile phone yes. is necessary. It is also yeah.
1: different, I think, for a. Um, a director and because yeah good but like what if an audition very comes rarely up, they do need I have you... a sudden call back right, for a <laughs> directing right. <job>. but <laughs>
0: it can very easily happen for an actor like they're casting this afternoon can you swing by oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you would be very unhappy if you miss that message yeah.
2: Yeah. well I mean and there are numerous considerations that can go into not wanting to include your uh personal number on your resume and it's not a requirement and if you're you know um if you go to uh, an audition, they'll, the, the auditors may ask you for your cell phone number, their contact information. They know that they'll be contacting people over the weekend or that they'll be contacting later in the day to make sure that they can schedule a callback. So those, you know, the people in the room are responsible and professional and will take care of that. So if you have... a Uh, specific reasons that you don't want to include your personal number on there it's totally fine not to and often um if you're working with an agency that they'll they'll prefer that you keep that you keep the agency number on there and you can totally uh work and have a wonderful successful long uh rewarding career doing so without ever putting your personal contact info at the top of your uh your resume i keep it up right now because i'm freelancing so Mm -hmm. i don't so uh, Mm -hmm. there may be different points of contact for different casting directors but they know they can always get me there, um, I had a, a, a service at one time, but I guess I just, I think that, calling into check it. I, I, I didn't see the reason to personally, but I definitely can understand why, you'd want to make yeah. that distinction.
0: I think the most important thing about your contact information is that a way, it's a way that people can reach you, readily. However, that is, if you, if you check your email all the time, so that if someone was going to, the only way to contact you was by your email address. As long as you, actually look at it you know, throughout the day or, you know, on a reasonable schedule, then I think that can be fine if you're reluctant to put your phone number.
4: Yeah.
1: Let's talk about some other things that go at the top of your uh, resume. It's something that, again, is is relatively new with the advent of digital photography, but uh, some people put photos, additional photos, on the top of their resumes. What do we think of that?
3: I like it. So go ahead. That's it. I was going to say I like it because it's a good way to show another option. It is. Um, it gives
0: you another another choice look. from your headshot shoot. And also, I find um, when you're looking at the, all the resumes face down, if they don't quite remember you exactly, it can. it's just another reminder. Like, oh, you know, Jen Reichardt is that girl. I see. Yeah, I remember her. It's just another, without having to, it's an easy, it's an ease of use thing where it's without having to flip the headshot over, there's a small... Reminder of what yeah, a person looks
2: like. I don't do it now, but I, I, that's one of the things I'm going to change next time I, I go through and update my resume. I think it was based on a Cry Havoc career seminar we had here and, mm-hmm. and uh, hearing people who you know like Kit who are on the other side of the table say they like seeing that. That's, that's great to hear. And so I'm going to take that information and, and do it and put it on my next updated resume. Um, For sure. I think if if what we're talking about here is making it functional and useful and and making it easy on the person who's sitting at the table going through a million resumes, Mm -hmm. if you can add that extra step to make it a little that much easier for them and show a little bit more of yourself, uh, why not take that opportunity? Mm -hmm. And something that I've seen that I find useful is often what's
1: helpful is when it's a different framing. So you do have, like, a shoulder shot on the front, but you have a bit more of a full body on the back or three-quarter or something, Uh, you know, that that can be an opportunity... Or the other way around. But, you know, that can sort of be an opportunity, you know, rather necessarily than having your, you know, legit photo on one and your commercial photo on the other. Um, You know, but you still want to be very careful to give another shade of your product Mm -hmm. again. It's not an opportunity to show... How different I can look because Mm. that will just confuse them because they will not be sure which one is going to show up. Somebody Mm. misstapled this photo to this resume. That's right. (laughs) Um, What about your union affiliations?
4: I would say yes. Yes. I I would say, I mean, that's where people look to see if you're in the union, is the top of the resume. By your name. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's just something that simply is done, it's how it's done, Mm -hmm. it's important. Um, and, it, it's, and it's
4: important for them, obviously, to know that you're in a union or yeah. not, if they're yeah. looking for people who are not union.
2: Yep. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. It's, it's another. It's another piece of of information. And to the extent that the resume is the story of your career, that is a big piece of the story. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's it's it, exactly it's and it. it It's also important to put all of your union affiliations, because a lot of directors and casting directors work in different media. So there's no reason that necessarily you're sending your headshot to someone for a play. That's not to say that either they or someone they know is casting a film that you might be right for. It it helps
2: to have that in there. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I I also, I I put my union affiliations prominently on my resume, not just because it's an industry standard, but because... I'm, I'm proud of my association with those organizations, mm-hmm. and I'm I, uh, you know, glad that that I'm a, a member of, two, of, two, uh, of a, two actors' unions that do a lot for me and uh, you know, make a lot possible for us in, in our career. So, and a lot of actors will put their union affiliations in their bio as well. Many, many do as proud members of those unions, and, and I think that's another reason that I personally put them on pretty prominently on my resume. Mm-hmm. And the unions are not easy to get to get
1: into, right. yeah. you know, they you every one of the unions you there are some hoop jumping you need to do to demonstrate that you, you know, are someone who they who is a professional actor, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so so it is. It's a, a badge of honor in its way. And also, we should actually do a whole episode of I mean, we should do a whole episode about unions sometime no, really sure. soon. But it's, uh, it really is important, actually, that people realize that, that that's exactly what they are. They are unions. They're not honorific organizations. They are there, they have a function, and you have a function within them. Definitely. That's a different episode. Yeah, that is. How about uh, another thing that is at the top of your resume, or at the uh, top of a lot of people's resumes, height, weight, eye color, etc. cetera. There's actually something that is less important now with the advent of color photography, yeah, um, oh, good I used to have to write but people still do it. Do
3: it. I used to have to write on the front of my headshots that I was a redhead when it was black and white because I read like a brunette. Huh. Mm-hmm. Black and white pictures.
0: Yeah, it's, I think. I think you're right that it's. It's less important, but it can't. You know, some people do change their hair color, and you know, if you have changed your hair color since your headshot and haven't taken the transitional shots, yet, you can make a note of that on your resume, although people may not notice it if it's,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, if they're assuming that you look like the front, they may not notice that now you're blonde
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: On the, on if you just change your resume. Uh, I think the most tricky of those details now is your height and weight. You know, generally your height doesn't change. Um, mm-hmm. And you shouldn't, you should do that accurately because sometimes they're casting people, sometimes it's a factor. You know, mm-hmm. this person's too tall for the suit. <laughs> uh, or you know something that like is, understudies
1: and stuff that's a yeah. very very yeah. real. Oh, and
0: yeah. and and the weight mm-hmm. can be the same thing they want a good sense of your weight i, I do feel i feel like there's a little bit of fudge allowed but
3: yeah.
0: y- y- not crazy <laughs> i mean people I, people yeah. understand that you're sensitive about how much you actually weigh but it's got to be reasonable
2: yeah that that's
0: what so. you are go ahead sorry
2: sorry <laughs> i got very excited about this um I think there I think you can get away without putting your weight yeah. on mm-hmm. the resume. Mm-hmm. To me it seems like there is the sort of primary colours of your stats which is height, eyes, hair, and even eyes and hair, because of the color photos, become to some extent, moot, but I, I do include them anyway. But then mm-hmm. it's just weird just to have a height floating around the <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's sort of nice. <laughs> and then I have my, you know, it sort of fills up that top row there and, you know, yeah. Yeah. looks nice. Um, but also, I think there's the secondary level, which is the weight thing. And then some people choose to put, like, age range. Mm-hmm. And some, if you're, particularly if they're a musical theater actor, will put their vocal vo- their vocal range at the yeah. top as a stat. And that falls under the secondary category, where I think it's about making the choice of, if that's the way that I want to identify myself, then I will put it at the top of my, my resume. Uh, there are some that are sort of required and then there are others that I think are ways. But if, you, if your body type is, your, is a, a big part of your, phys- your identity and part of your type, um, I think A, your photo should probably reflect that so that you wouldn't need to necessarily uh, include it at the top of your resume. As I, as I spoke about in terms of the photos, that I'm, my tallness is definitely a part of my type and part of what I bring into the room. And if a, the photo that I use for a given, if that I'm using at a given time doesn't have a, a, long, a taller body shot, I definitely want to include my height on the back of the resume say so know that I'm you know significantly over six feet tall, that I won't be a good understudy for a guy who's significantly under six feet tall.
4: Well, it's interesting, too. Well, no, they'd be able to tell us from your headshot. Because I was going to say, there's a huge difference between six foot tall and, you know, 250 pounds. Right. And six foot tall and 140 pounds. You right. know what I mean? Like,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
4: but that they would be able to tell, presumably, from your
2: headshot. Not John. that.
4: No, 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 no. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily saying you, sorry. But, uh, but, but with it so also, many muscles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that is something. I actually err away from... Including weight, on one hand, because nobody tells the truth about it, and two, there are several ways to be five foot eleven and one hundred and seventy-five pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid.
3: You
1: know, there, there, there are different versions of that, and you kind of aren't going to be able to tell. And even to the extent you can, not most people can't necessarily really do the math and figure out, you know, what you're going to look like based on those two numbers. So. Mm All right, so that's the top of your resume. Your credits. How do you select what credits to include? I think one error a lot of actors, and especially early career to and getting into mid-career actors, are that the answer is every single time you've ever learned a line for anything you should mm-hmm. put on your resume. What are the criteria by which you choose what credits you want to include?
0: I think anything that indicates your type is, is, is useful. Like if, it, if there's a certain kind of role that you're cast for a lot you know certain Shakespeare roles you might want to put a few of those together or anything anything that's an interesting conversation piece you know if you were in some uh, very interesting production that people might know that they w- might want to talk to you about that's also a good thing to put in and anything that showed you off like anything that was a a
3: good showcase for you. I think to um well, the level of production it is, of course. Mm-hmm. If it's a famous venue, if a specific venue, if somebody working on the project is um, you know, really working and kind of making a name for themselves. I've, I have a lot of readings on my resume because of who directed them, so I want to put that. Mm-hmm. You just want to keep associating yourself with moving up. Yeah,
0: because that's the part of telling the story, too, about yourself, is who you work with and who is interested in working with you is part of... Mm-hmm. A, what it will be like to work with you. You're the kind of person that X Y and Z people like to work with. That tells them what kind of an actor you are.
4: And I will say if you're if you've just graduated or you're really early on in your career, not to shy away from the fact that you might not have a lot of credits. Not Absolutely. to add things that you did, you know, in scene study class or something like that just to fill the page because the the casting directors, the agents, the managers, they'll get it. They'll totally get it. And okay. it will, you know, kind of help establish your you know age range too <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah and I, I think that that's a big part of again this the story that you're wanting to tell about yourself that that there is something like you're right out of school and you want to put it's totally fine to put the shows that you did in school to say mm-hmm. i did these two shows in the main stage and these in the student black box that's great though probably if you've just graduated from college you want to have taken your high school credits off mm-hmm. right you know i mean there there are things like that and you know there's also something that you're, especially if you've really, you know, moved up and you've got, like, you've got a, a Broadway credit and four off-Broadway credits and then a gaggle of off-off-Broadway credits, you know what? It might be better just to cull it down to those five and let that really represent you and say that, you know, these, these are, this is the stage of my career that I'm at now, is this is the work I'm doing, and look, I've done enough to fill up a, a resume with it. And uh, that's actually something I think, I think it was... Um, uh, Christopher Walken, after Deer Hunter, that his resume was just was just Deer Hunter. That's bad. <laughs> awesome. um, because he said, not, awesome. "But, but he said, this, this is the work I want to be doing," and so that's that's what I'm that's what I'm what I'm putting out there for people. Granted, you got nominated for an Academy Award for it, so that's
2: not a I'm bad not going crack. back. To the Williamstown Theater Festival. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would add to that. Yeah, I mean, your resume is a story, and I I would beware. I mean. For me, it would take a lot for me to take, I mean, there are definitely reasons to omit credits. And as you continue to add credits, you're going to run out of room. And mm-hmm. you're going to run out of, uh, you're going to want to uh, emphasize the ones that are more, um, you know, impressive because of what the role is or what the venue is or who the collaborators were. And there'll be things that you want to start omitting. If it's a work, you you know, that you didn't feel your best about or um, work that happened at a lower level or happened years ago in some cases, and there are times when you're going to want to take off those those college credits
4: or the background um, credits or the background it. stuff, yeah. right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. If if, if uh, you, yeah, you don't want to.
4: That said, though, on the you know other side of that, if you haven't done a lot of film or TV, it is good to at first have even background stuff so that they know that you've been on a set and they right. know that you know how it works. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's very true, and I'd say looking at at my resume. You know, there are certain things that I—it's a story, and it's a story, looking at my credits, that I have—that's partly what I've worked on that I know people expect from me, and it's something that just looking at what I've happened to work in includes a lot of new plays— So I made a point of including that, and that includes a lot of accent work, and so I include a lot of that, but I also have aspirations of doing more classical work, which is a lot of my background, and yet hasn't been part of my career to this point. So there are things from earlier in my career that I include in my resume to make sure people know that I do have experience Mm -hmm. that might be from more years ago than some of the other credits that I do have on there.
0: And it's good to make a note if you originated a role in some way, you know, that if it's a new work and you're the first person to play it, especially if you work with the playwright, you know, that this little asterisk originated role is a good idea.
1: Yeah, and if that's something that's a real specialty, you could even make a subheading. You could do, you know, or, you know, or, originating, you know, originated mm-hmm. roles or original productions and, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, it really has to do with, again, there is no right or wrong. It has to do with, in the literal 15 to 20 seconds that someone is going to give your resume a once-over. What do you want them to know about you? Um, because that is the reality. And I, very, 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 very often you're going to have been called in really on the basis of your headshot. And the auditors are going to be looking at your resume for the first time when you walk in the room and they flip it over. You know, and, and so as much as you might wanna say, look, here's a billion of information you know what you really want is the the things that you that really tell the story you want to tell about yourself. that said, I will also say the flip side that I am also a big fan of as if you 're going to talk about something to include as much information about it as you possibly can because people are attracted to things that are familiar. And so if they are scanning down your resume, okay, okay, okay. Oh, they worked at this theater that I had a good experience at. Or, oh, they were directed by this person who I like and trust. Or, oh, they studied with this person who um, I've heard you know great things from their students about. The more opportunity that you give someone whose eye is racing down your resume to stop and associate you with something positive, the longer they're gonna be sitting there associating you with something positive, which is nothing but good. That's very true. No, go ahead.
4: I will also say I remember when I first got out of college, um, I worked a lot with Kit as a director, actually. And in my resume, there was a thought of like, oh, I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm putting Kit on here so much because I haven't worked with other people. But there's also something to be said with if you've worked with a director, you know, for uh, you know, a couple of productions that it makes you someone worth working with mm-hmm. yep. over and over again. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, it actually does speak well of you.
1: No, th- I definitely notice that on people's yeah. resume. I get a little distrustful if they've only worked with one director. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, yes. if you see that that there are one or two or three directors who use them over and over again, that is a, Yeah, it's a good sign.
0: I think I think the credits should kind of like your headshot be the essential you you know that it it reflects you and it's the not necessarily the cliff notes version but like the core the the essence of of what kind of actor you are because it is so often perused in such a quick matter you want it to be like the the crystallization of your career easily looked at
1: yeah and again this is where it gets into something i said earlier but i think we're people especially in the resume get obsessed with the middle ground of things that don't so much matter mm-hmm. you know they obsess do i put the importance of being earnest on this and they spend hours trying to decide how important is the importance of being earnest the answer <laughs> is whether or not you were in the importance of being earnest is not that important if you were at if you were in it at a with a director who is somebody who people are likely to know at a place that's especially reputable. If it's something that it's the only credit that you have on that's sort of that kind of comedy, and it's something you really want to be going out for, if they if to see you know sort of glancing down your resume does it help the story? That's the choice rather than the importance of the importance of being honest. I, I I
2: agree, um, and I would, and I don't know. If you guys would agree with me or not, but I, I would err on the side of including it on your resume, specifically because, as Kit said earlier, th- what you're doing is really, you're telling a story, but you're also, uh, it's full of potential points of connection to mm-hmm. anybody you may be working that's
4: with. That's their favorite play or something. Right. Oh, have, you yeah. worked
2: with, that's, oh, Importance of Being Earnest was directed by Kit Lavoie. I worked with Kit Lavoy on ABC. Um, which is another wonderful play that I suggest you all read. Um, no, <laughs> but <laughs> <the> television network. <laughs> right. Uh, right. But, but really, so, and you never know how that's going to happen. You never know which student film that you worked on will be of interest to the regional theater director. You I mean, you really, you don't. Um, it's a small industry, and, and there are potential uh, connections, and the more things you include, the more potential connections you do have to, to the people you are, are in the room with, which is not to say you should include every credit, but it's a reason. It's, it's, it's in the pro column. And there are plenty of reasons not to include everything on your resume as well.
1: And the more that you get on your resume, the more important it becomes to really be sure it's cleanly put together and you're not using. Crowded. Not crowded, you've got white space, you're really using bold and underlining and things like that in very thoughtful ways to delineate out so that people can navigate very easily.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And also, as we were talking about with headshots, that it's useful um, to uh, have two or three or four that you can use for different things. That's very true of resumes, in terms of the story that you want to tell. That if you, you should have a different version of your resume that you're sending out for classical work, versus ones that you're sending out for new plays, versus ones that you're sending out for more contemporary things. versus or film ones and television. Film versus television. It really is something that is a little bit of work, but not all that much work, to really be sure that, you know, you are getting the you know, you are getting all of the credits that you want for each of those, that they're in an order where it highlights the things about yourself that you wanna highlight. It's just a, it, it's something that's important to have.
4: And don't be afraid, especially, if there's a lot of like film work of student films and films that people will not have heard of. Where if you were the lead in something, I mean, I know I was the lead in uh, a film where my title, the, the role was copy girl. So I put in parentheses after it, lead, because if you just saw Copy Girl, you would think it was a background role or something like that. To to not be afraid of kind of um, explaining briefly with lead or whatnot, you know, next to the.
1: And that actually, that's my preference, because uh, th- there's different ways of doing it. Sometimes where sometimes it just literally is like lead, supporting, supporting, lead. I like to know the name of the character. I'm not sure why. Oh,
4: absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but I
1: mean, a lot of people don't do that. But I think I, I do like it where it's like copy girl, parentheses, lead, Chrissy, supporting. Just kind of gives us a sense, especially in films that people are not likely to have seen. Um, you know, the fact that you've been
2: trusted with the film. Right, even if it's a student film or a yeah. low-budget low film that somebody with a camera and a set and a budget... Yep. is putting you in front of that camera yep. and mm-hmm. was working with you yeah. is, is a really valuable piece of information that you've logged hours on a film set or a TV set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What about uh,
1: your working our way down the resume, uh, training?
4: Oh, this is actually a, an interesting story for me because I, ha- I did not go to school for acting. Um, so I, for a little bit, did not have down that I had gone to school. And a casting director at I think it was like Playwrights Horizons or you know a, pr- a reputable place asked me in the audition. He was like, "Did you graduate from somewhere?" And I said, "Yes, you know, but not in theater." I forget what I said, but he was like, "You should put that down. So it shows that you're you know an educated person, even if you didn't get,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
4: a BFA." Because
0: it tells a story about you. If you yeah. got if you got a degree in history or if you mm-hmm. got a
4: degree yeah.
0: in chemistry, that's something really interesting to know about you. Yeah. Know?
3: I did a, a audition for, a, it was a religious based play and just the fact, and my degree from Fordham and I had a minor that uh, just, they started talking to me about that mm-hmm. because they knew I it's had It's another point of connection. Like maybe yeah. you
4: went
0: to the same school. Yeah. Right. You never know. Yeah.
1: And I think including the name, this is another place, include the names of your teachers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, all, I've all sometimes seen resumes of people where it's like that they have the same teacher down under several different categories. I think there's a lot of ways in which you want to be able to say the different techniques that you've studied. But once you've got a person's name on there, it's going to serve its purpose, which is that they're going to recognize... Do I recognize this person they studied with? Mm-hmm. Whether you did scene study and a Meisner class with them or not, it's it's you don't necessarily have to have them both places because again, it will make it easier for them to find all the individual names if they're not all just uh, you know mixed in with a bunch of people showing up more than more than once.
0: But if you have a special like in, in addition to grad school training or individual classes if you have a specialty certificate that uh, if you've taken a stage combat or something that where you actually took a course or a certification mm-hmm. um, that gives you a skill set that re- you know that would be recognizable as like i've completed this element that's something to put specifically
2: i'm a certified actor combatant yes. with mm-hmm. the society
1: of uh, american yeah. fight directors yeah, yeah. Right. And I think especially in, in early resumes, your training is important. Again, it's when you're right out of school, no one expects you to have 30 credits. Um, and a lot of what they're going to look at is where did you train and what did you do. The
2: thing about the education section that's kind of sad for me because I just took a bunch of it off. Um, but it's really about you want you're telling a, a story about what kind of work you do and the kinds of things you have. Um, and you can really demonstrate your specialization, your training in these different areas but once you have worked significantly in those areas you represent that in a different way Uh, and you might not need to include your certain classes in Meissen or your classes in Shakespeare and period and style because you have done six Moliere plays and the -hmm. entire canon at the Stratford Festival so you don't really need to also include that you took a Shakespeare class anymore that I think uh, credits can begin to replace the classwork Mm -hmm. um that really there are two things that you want to include you know you want to include your school and what I have now I have my BFA I have my alma mater and I have my dean's name because I want my dean's name um just personally I want my dean's dean's name on there and professionally it's a good idea to have to have his his name on there um but I I took out a lot of this stuff um that I did lose a couple names that might be potential points of connection but it comes to a point where I ran out of room and I felt like I'd been in the city long enough that I I didn't want to include all those the classwork and stuff that I took Uh, and the things you want to save from school are the things that you want to identify yourself as that you may not have worked at Mm -hmm. in as much as you would like Mm -hmm. related to that but jumping a little bit back
1: what do we think about uh, and it is something that people do fairly commonly early in their career where they put scene work that they've done in class on their resume I
2: have never done that but if that's what you have, I mean, is if you acknowledge it as such?
4: Yeah, I think that's the important part. I if, if if you don't lie about it and you you know have Safe a heading that says you know selected scene work or something like that, I, I think, I think then there's not definitely not an issue with it as long as you're honest.
1: Yeah, I I, I mean I, I agree with that I, because again I think especially when you're right out of school. It's helpful to say, I've worked on this character. And especially if you say it's scene work, and people will will understand that. What you really want to avoid doing, which I think a lot of people do, is they worked on a scene, and then they say they played the character. And I know there have been a number of occasions where I have... Because that's actually where, when I want to talk to someone, I usually will ask them about a rehearsal process they had for something. And I ask them about a particular scene and how they overcame a challenge, and it became very clear that they had never attempted that scene and was unaware of the challenge in that scene. Um, so it's, uh, you know, again, early in your career people understand you're not supposed to have done 30 off-Broadway shows. You're supposed to have done work in your classes. Um, so if you want to put on your resume, it's fine, but you should just be honest about what
2: it is. Okay. That's true, and I think also you, you should be aware of the value of including something like that. If the scene work you did was with Sir Peter Hall, there's a very good reason to include it on there, but if it was a scene work group that you met together with other students and there was really no one in the room but a bunch of students, uh, including yourself, working together, that might not be something that would serve you on your resume unless the thing you were working on was of particular interest and is something that you'd like to identify yourself as in your resume. What about special skills? which is that Oof, little like thing float my
1: favorite part
0: in. of a resume. I, spend, I think I spend the most time looking at because that's how you tell the most about their personality, I think. Like what, you know, what they think is important to put forward about themselves. And there are certain, like, standard things, like, you know, if you have a passport or a license, if you can, uh, you know, because you can travel or you can drive a car <laughs> in a film, obviously. If you don't have a license, you can't do that. Um, horseback riding, stage combat, but then everything, you know, or dialects, but then everything after that is what you think is interesting to other people, Yeah. you know, what you think is valuable or, or a way, a way to connect to people, you know.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to include in your, because I've seen so many special skills lists that are just this odd grab bag of facts. Mm-hmm. rather than skills. And I'm a fan of trying to at least frame them as skills. But also I think the thing is is to figure out what are things that are going to help me get a role in something. Or or, or less what will help me get a role is what are things that will actually be useful to someone who's casting something. And certainly like the ability to play a musical instrument. We have known Cute. a number of people who have gotten big breaks in their career because they were... Being cast in a show that required that somebody play the upright bass. Well, you know what? There's a much. It's a very narrow group of people who can act and play the upright bass. Your odds of getting into that show are much higher if you put on your resume that you can play the upright bass. That's just uh, really important. That said. It also goes back exactly to the idea of the story that you want to tell and the place in your career that you're at. There's actually somebody who has become a a very important collaborator of mine um, and who has had a a really on-the-move career over the past several years. Uh, who the first time I called them in, literally we had, I think, 90 slots of times to see people. We, you know, picked 89 people and there was this stack in the maybe pile. And the thing that caught my eye from hers, and she was right out of college at the time, was she says, not afraid to pick up a screw gun. And I don't know why, but there was something about that that, and especially, it was not a show where I was going to expect the cast to pick up a screw gun. But there was something about it. was sort of a little bit of a hard scrabble situation that there was something about that that I thought, well, we might as well call her in. What are the, you know, we're seeing 90 people. We'll have her in. Right. And then ended up casting her in the lead in, in the show. But the reason she got in the, in the door was because she had that thing on there. That said, now, when she goes to audition hmm. at, you know, the roundabout... She probably no longer has that on her resume, and it's not appropriate to now. But it is actually something where, you know, early in your career where you're going to be doing a lot of shows for free and where people are really scrambling to do things, to put things on your resume that shows that you could be helpful not just on stage but elsewhere, and more importantly, that you're willing to be, Mm -hmm. that actually can
2: do a lot to getting you in a lot of those doors. Um, You know, I'd say um, the special skills... I like my special skills section on my resume but I, I feel like it, they fall into different categories that there are, there are certain skills that if you have that are actor specific that you should include. Stage combat, accents, uh, improv, um, you know, singing, any sort of style background, something like that is really, uh, if you have that you should include it. Um, and, and uh, it also tells a story that I, I, you know, I work particularly with dialects. So I included dialects and then included language that I have the tools to learn any. You know, I'm trained in dialects. So that sort of replaces that the, um, the, the education stuff I might have taken out of the resume earlier in my last revision. Um, and then there are the things that may be useful. I can play basketball. I can drive a stick shift and that stuff that that's using your own discretion. It's about how you want to characterize yourself and what story you want to tell about yourself that might come up. And then there's a third category of sort of personality stuff, kind of maybe quirkier stuff, that is you know, people have their own opinion about. But like for example, one of our members for a long time on his resume had in his special skills, boyish good looks and charm. And it didn't <laughs> it didn't hurt him at all. Um and still has boyish, good looks and charm, but I don't think has it on his resume anymore. Um because he's just in the room and they know that he has it. But um I think you know there's a, a, a balance with with, with 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 stuff like that. You know uh, that if you want to include your Velociraptor impression or whatever you think is good, yeah. that you know that'll characterize you as that kind of person that puts that on their resume.
1: It's well, it's, that's a tricky thing because yeah. I will say because it depends person to person. Because a lot of exactly. people do have at their last thing on their resume like I can burp the alphabet or something, right. basically a party trick that they're hoping somebody is going to ask them to do. Right. That's just a, It's just a tricky thing because some people, they go to that if they want to talk to you a bit. That said, I don't enjoy those things. Right. Um, you know, so it, it kind of depends. And I'm also not sure usually, like, if it really is a party trick like that, how much they're really getting to know about you. Right. Because actually the boyish good looks and charm thing actually I think is a funny thing to have on there because that's a topic for conversation that you would write that and exactly. they talk to you instead of asking you to you know, roll your tongue or whatever it is that you've said that you can do.
0: So, something that we haven't talked about is that what you print your resume on, does it matter what kind of paper?
1: I think for an actor, not so much because it's stapled to your mm-hmm. headshot. So, you know, it's...
3: What's it's, your feeling on which some people do is they print it right on the back of the headshot. That's been happening.
4: I feel like that just shows that you don't have paper. <laughs> <laughs> staples. No oh, Staples. No, 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 that, that your resume isn't being updated very often. Like that you're not working that often that you would need to, because it costs money to yeah. print your headshots. And I feel like I've, if you're...
3: I've, I've never really liked, yeah, I've seen people do that.
4: I it's odd
1: because it's things. one of
2: those things that totally shouldn't make a difference, but I find it unnerving. <laughs> I've done both, actually. Um, and I just started doing it recently because I had this fancy printer that broke this week, and I'm really upset about it. But um, I, you know, I can just print it on the back, and, and so I can update it that day before that audition and add something. Or oh, that's interesting. You could do it. And just print it right yeah, now. Oh, I, know I was thinking, like,
4: when you got your headshots done. Because right, on, no, on the Reproductions no. website, it says, do you want heavier paper that you can put? And I assumed it was at the time that they just printed up 500 with the resume on the back.
2: I've done it, and I haven't done it. And I, I mean, I know sometimes people uh casting nerves might separate the two and put them next to each other things mm-hmm. like that but uh in in general i think it's a, you know judgment call sort of thing yeah yeah but if it's if you find it unnerving i will i will stop doing it because <laughs> people might as well i mean other people might find it especially nerving. i don't know it's I just thought it my was being, personal yeah i thought yeah. it was being green i guess or
1: something well, yeah, yeah. Hmm. paper what about true? um uh things like awards and Quotes from reviews. Uh,
3: Awards, yes. I've never seen quotes from reviews.
0: And I also think the award depends on whether it's a known award. That it would... Like, if it's something that people might know, I think that might be useful. Or if it was particularly specific to you, that might be interesting. I mean, it's another point of conversation. But I think, you know, if you got best actor in high school, that's not...
1: And again, I think it depends what, you know, again, where you are in your career. Because I mean, like, if you, you know, if you won, you know, best something in your college, some college award, when you're early in your career, that's not, you know, to say that of the pool of people coming out of college, I was a person who won an award. That said, I've taken off those kinds of awards from my resumes as I've gotten other ones. And, you know, I I think, again, it's that story that you want to that yeah. you want to tell. Uh, also, I find it. I mean, it's helpful to have sort of an awards section, but I also find it interesting myself when I'm looking if it's somehow indicated actually where the credit is. So it's like this part, and I, if you can indicate that you won the award for that part, rather than reading the resume, going down, seeing you won an award, trying to go back up and see where mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Um, and frankly, it can be both places. I mean, if it doesn't take up too much room. but.
2: That's a, a nice thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I I would say the same the same thing. It's how you want to characterize yourself. And there may be awards that the auditors aren't aware of, but if it's, you know, you're in uh, a regional theater market and they have their their yearly theater awards and you win best, off, part of best ensemble or best actor in, you know, Philadelphia that year, that's, yeah. you know, put that on there, definitely. Yeah. And it might be something people aren't aware of, and it's not the, you know, Tony's or the, what uh, are the ones Chicago? The Jefferson Awards. Yeah. But it it's something that, I mean, and definitely if you have a Tony or a Jeff, put, put that on your resume or an mm-hmm. Academy Award. Um, but, and it's, nice, it's a nice way to characterize the credits as well. I have like one particular film credit, and I'm, I've been looking at it this whole time thinking how I can make it look better. But that one that did, it didn't get picked up for distribution in independent film, but went across a lot of different film festivals and won many awards. And I wanted to, in some ways, to sort of legitimize that credit, make sure that, it, mm-hmm. that those awards are, are on there. That it was, uh, you know, a nice piece of work and something I'm proud of. So I just want to put it on there. Um, but that's what that's what I would say about it. quotes. I've never seen. Do you see that? I've you... seen it from time to time, and it's not. It's it's tricky because depending
1: on where it's from. Like if you've got like yeah. this person gave the performance of the season from the New York Times. You know what? Well,
3: yeah, maybe. that's you know
1: <laughs> that I, I think I think in order to have it on your resume, I think it does need. To cross some pretty high threshold of really worth having on your resume. Um, that said, I've very rarely seen it done in a way that didn't kind of muck up the formatting of the resume. So it's 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 tricky, but it can be, you know, it can be helpful. And actually, the one time I've, I've seen this only once, but it was actually really kind of interesting. Is they actually had like a little section down. Further down their resume that was like you know critic response or something and just had like three kind of bullet point impressive things and it was I I wasn't bothered by it I cool. and frankly I remembered it and you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's uh, good and going back for a second to the to the awards and if it's an award that maybe they wouldn't know a lot of times what it what you might need to do for those things is to expound a little bit on what it is. You know, that one best actor in, in fact, you don't even, as you know, in the whatever awards, you don't even necessarily have to say, but awarded best actor in the, you know, Lafayette, wherever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, and people understand, okay, that clearly there's a big enough pool for people to give an award, and uh, you got it. Good work. Well done. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, If you're enjoying what you're hearing and are not yet subscribed, please go to iTunes and subscribe. If you like what you're hearing and are subscribed but want other people to know about it, uh, go to iTunes also, write us a review, give us stars, and also tell your friends. Um, If you'd like more information about the Cry Havoc Company, what we do, and our upcoming public events, go to www.cryhavoccompany.org. Uh, if you would like to support the company and its work, you can also do that there. Uh, and if you have any uh, comments, thoughts, or questions, email us at podcast at org. So for myself, Jen, Jenny, Kerry, Jersey, and all of us here at the Cry Havoc Company, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. You can learn more about the
0: Cry Company at cryhavoccompany.org questions or comments can be sent to podcasts at All music from this show came from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com Thanks for listening and please subscribe